love you. Hello and welcome back to the always phenomenal, ever-increasing in entertainment playlist that is James Bond. Uh-huh. I am the Green Traveler from Gorsh. And I am the Faceless Leon. This is a podcast about movies and TV called Green and Faceless on the Couch. And we're talking about the man indeed, indeed. with the golden gun. The man with the golden eyeball. Who is that? Oh, that's the Avalanches. You remember the Avalanches? Oh my god. The Avalanches? I remember that song, uh, the Frontier, or, uh, yeah, Frontier Psychiatrist. That boy needs therapy. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I meant to say the man with the golden gun, but what came out was the man with the golden eyeball. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. part of that, part of that, that song. song. Well, I say it's part of that song. That song is nothing but samples, so I don't know where that sample came that's from. That's fair. <laughs> the Man with the Golden Gun. That's what we're here to talk about. Is this the, the second Roger Moore film, or is this the third one? The How many third one. Is? No, I don't know. It might, I think it's the second the third one. Third one. Nope, it's the second. It's, it's the, the second, second one. one. Yep. Um, here we are. And if the first two Roger Moore films are to say anything, then the next month is going to be torture, because... My goodness, the, the, this one was really... not nearly as bad. Not, not, not nearly as bad. Not <laughs> nearly as bad. <laughs> it, uh, was, it was a rung and a half above the other one on a hundred rung ladder. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly like this one quite a bit more. Uh, I will say up front, obviously, we don't That's necessarily good. agree. There are some things uh, in this movie that, yeah, I didn't care for that somehow magically carried over from the last film. I wanted to, I, yeah. I, I just want to talk this before we even get into the synopsis. Like we were just talking about it before we even started uh, recording. There's this American character that they brought in while James was, uh, uh, you know, on the bayou and uh <laughs> I, i'm trying to find it there it is J- it's his name was jw pepper yeah that's right sheriff jw pepper clifton james plays this character and he is this racist sheriff who starts chasing after uh some of uh mr big's bad uh you know his minions in uh the previous episode mm. And just because they were black, but I mean, obviously they were doing very illegal things, but that's yeah, beside the no point. <laughs> he said, <some, laughs> he just says the worst shit. And then they bring him back. He and his wife are on vacation in China or, yeah. or Thailand, wherever they I are. Don't I don't why, man. freaking remember the actual plot of the movie. Uh, in that moment, they were in Thailand. In Thailand. Okay. They do, they do just like the last movie, they hop around between like eight different locations yeah. and it gets really annoying and I just gave the fuck up. Yeah. I, I just gave true. up. That did happen. So, yeah. They just, yeah he's, he's used almost specifically oh. for, for comedic effect. Yeah. And, it and it's no all sense. racist. <laughs> yeah. Because none of it's funny. Like, it, it's like, I don't know if they thought he was funny, but he's not funny. This guy is, like, just incredibly annoying. I mean, they were and, making fun of Southern yeah, well, ra- racist people. That's what they were doing. But uh, it just came off as racist. 
to me. If if everybody else was treating him in that manner, then it would come across as funny, I think. If everybody was like looking at him just like, all right, man. But everybody's just going along with it. Everybody's just like, ah, yep, he's loud, he's obnoxious, but he's our sheriff, you know? It's like nobody's nobody's like turning against him for his racism, which would make it funny well, if in he was the, being Well, in the movie know, that was, you know, based out for it. in the the seventies South uh, that one, it made sense that the the other, you know, people on the police force were, right. you know, not, they're rating him for his practices. <laughs> right. <sighs> I'm just saying, I'm saying like, they're trying to pull it off as comedic yeah. effect, but it falls flat because nobody's acknowledging it. Right. And it's just like, it, it doesn't come across as comedic effect. It just comes across as like, uh, like almost glorifying racism. And I'm just like, I'm fucking tired of this character. Yeah. Thankfully, I looked up his character. He's only in these two movies. He's well, he's out at the end of this goodness. one. Uh, yeah, and we'll talk him more when we get to him in the synopsis because it's just dumb. It's all just dumb. But what we start off with was a fun, a very fun thing that I didn't know about. I saw the name pop up before I saw the man. So, you know, it was spoiled slightly for me. I'm happy I did see the name because I wouldn't have recognized the man. But Christopher Lee is in this one. Yes. Yes. Sauron himself. Saruman. Saruman himself. (laughs) I did not watch the credits, so I had the delight of watching this movie and then suddenly being, Sarah, I think that is Sir Christopher Lee. (laughs) And she said, nah, it cannot be. And then I looked it up and sure enough, I was right. Yeah, I saw the name pop up because he was right after Roger Moore. Yep. Huge fucking name. I think this is just after uh, The Wicker Man. Maybe this is before The Wicker Man. Let me look that up real quick here. Let me find it. I mean, Wicker Man, 1973, and this was 1974. So this was just after The Wicker Man. Okay. So, like, I would have have recognized him eventually. Yeah, because once once I saw the name, I was immediately looking for him. I was like, "Oh, where's he at?" And then, like, immediately, just like right at the beginning, he rises up out of the water. He's got a beautiful, brilliant pepperoni third nipple. It's really nice. It, excuse really me, on it there is a fine. superfluous papilla papilla. I don't know. Uh, it's a supernumerary nipple. A third nipple. Yeah, is what he's got. Yeah. It's not an insult to call it that. <laughs> it's what it is. <laughs> no, I just wanted to use the funny words that they put on the Wikipedia under it. That's all. And it's it's hilarious. Like it, it looks good on him. When Bond does it later, it doesn't look quite so good. Yeah, I agree with you though. Bond's prosthetic nipple when he's impersonating him was not good. Neither of them were good. Neither of the prosthetic nipples no. were good. Lee's was better because they had a they had a really long exaggerated close up just so you know <laughs> what this villain's dramatic defect is because you know Bond villains always have to have some kind of scar or defect yeah. or a recurring theme with Bond. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And that's his. His is uh, the man with the golden gun, Francisco Scaramanga, has a third nipple. And when he rises up out of the water, you know, since I was looking for Chris Friali, I was immediately like, oh, yeah, that's the guy from The Wicker Man. That's, you know, he looks the exact same. So I was like, there he is. I got him. But, like, if I hadn't watched The Wicker Man and if I hadn't seen his name pop up in the credits, I don't know how long it might have taken because he looks so different when he's young. Still still the same handsome man, but, like, 
I know him with long white hair and a beard. What can I yeah, say? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Also, you know, I'm pretty sure that uh, Attack of the Clones was the first thing that I can recall. There, there's probably something else where he just That's played right. an old man, but wasn't like you know a big dramatic <laughs> villain like he's amazing at doing. Uh, even here, yeah. and and I, I what I really like about this particular storyline is that it's not about Bond going after, like, oh, the world is going to end kind of thing. It is really this guy uh, wants a worthy rival because uh, Scaramanga is an assassin, like the most elite assassin. And uh, he's right. killed a couple of MI6 agents before, and they got like mm-hmm. a bullet that said 007 on it. So they thought he that Scaramanga was after him. And I won't, I don't right. think we should spoil all of that storyline because that's like the only mystery that's in this particular one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won't spoil all of it, but yeah, that's that's <clears throat> all of it's on par. Uh, I will say it does become a end of the world storyline when Scaramanga is trying to steal the soul. What is it? Solex? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, let me find it. Let me find it here. What's that. it called? The Solex Agitator. Yeah. Which is a a an item, a technological breakthrough that can harness the sun, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, it's it's you know this is a big. It's this movie apparently came out during an energy crisis. I don't know anything about it, but a 1973 energy crisis. Well, um, I do and know so that I guess this was like the a gas prices went through the roof. Like there's like six, seven a gallon or something like that, which was like uh, that's probably yeah. an exaggeration. But with inflation, it probably felt at least yeah. Back that in 1973, way. it was probably like it went through the roof, as in like it reached 90 cents <laughs> no i'm pretty <laughs> sure it was like five dollars i know i just changed it four dollars three dollars it was bad for them yeah it went from well it went uh, from here it says it went from three dollars to nearly twelve dollars a barrel but, but that's, uh, i don't know what a barrel know, that's a is barrel. that's what the fuck's a barrel it's much less <laughs> It's much more than what your cost is going to be at the pump. Like yeah. at the pump, it probably went from like a, a nickel to ninety cents. <laughs> well, still, Which is still crazy. It was still, you know, too much. But yeah, apparently that was a big, a big fear, a big thing going on. So you know, this this energy weapon that you know could be used to fire crazy laser beam kind of things, like you know. Another end of the world, you know, got to steal the big gun. But that's not at all, you know, the overall, like, I mean, Bond is specifically going there because of the Sol- Solex agitator. Um, because, you know, eventually Scaramanga comes into possession of it. But, but Bond, yes. like, Bond's not even focused on Scaramanga. That's his goal is is the Solex agitator. He's got to get that into the hands of a, a trustworthy government, apparently. Right. Okay. So... The reason why I kind of forgot about this uh, Solex thing <clears throat> was that he it was his mission before the mm. Scaramanga threat came out 
and M, right, played by Bernard Lee, uh, still, it decided to bring all of the agents back in, and is like grounded all of them. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. that Bond is out when he's not supposed to be. Um, De- Desmond uh, Llewellyn is also Q as uh, as usual. Uh, same with Lois Maxwell as Miss Moneypenny. Our through members. Yeah, and and it's I will say the movie does open up it very interestingly because it's like Scarmonger is a big threat. He's very just like the exact same caliber of uh individual as James Bond himself, which, you know, that's kind of exciting. I yeah. really do like that. Um and again, you know, I like seeing <laughs> Christopher Lee as the villain because that's always fucking great. Oh, he does yeah. a great job in this role. Uh, it opens up with him just with with Scaramanga just chilling on a beach with a lady, and his assistant, a little person uh, mm-hmm. named Knickknack. Who's Knickknack played by? Knickknack is uh, Hervé Villachez. I very much butchered that. I'm so sorry, Hervé. Um, <clears throat> oh, he. He he later on played Tattoo in Fantasy Island. Look, watch Deep Plane, Deep Plane. I know oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> Never watched that really. <laughs> but yeah, he he uh Knickknack comes and uh, tells him that, you know, his this individual has arrived on the island, uh ready to kill uh Francisco Scaramanga. He's been hired to do so. So Scaramanga goes into his big ass mansion and he leads in this assassin to the knickknack leads the assassin to the mansion. It was just like, all right, Scaramanga's in here. Here's your, you know, here's your money. Go kill him. And the, the assassin like goes into this like fun house kind of thing and, and within the mansion hunting Scaramanga down and they have a little bit of like a, a, a tussle. Like, I don't think there's actual like fight going on, but like, you know, it, it just kind of follows the assassin for the most part. Him getting like scared by the mannequins that Scaramanga has in the fun house. Getting scared by like the, the you know, the mirrors and all that kind of stuff. And then Scaramanga comes in with his golden gun. Mm-hmm. It's a little thing that he builds out of like a lighter and some stuff. It's really cool. I really love his golden I gun. Do. Uh, but he, yeah, he, he shoots the assassin in the head. And Nick comes in. Nick Nack's like, damn, I thought he'd get you this time. Well, you know, it's like, I like yeah. the little, I like the interplay they had going yeah, on. Yeah, I do too. Because they seem like they're friends, but, but this knickknack is very much of the, of the opinion that he's just like, well, if you die, all of this is mine now. Well, so I, I don't think care it's like die, some kind of crazy bet that they have with each other. Like, I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I definitely hundred percent like that. I like that. Yeah. I feel that Christopher Lee's character is in on this. As well. He's like, yes, I want to be yeah. challenged. And if you bring in a challenger in here and uh, they die, you get all my stuff because you're my only friend. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's, it's kind of enjoyable. You know, yeah. I really do. I do kind of enjoy it. And then Bond comes into the situation. And as we said, he's sent there to, to find the Solex and at the same time acknowledge that there is this threat on his life from Scaramanga. Um, I don't remember all the specifics, but I do know the first time that he encounters Scaramanga, he doesn't see him ever. He d- he only knows he's there because he's going into a building, Bond is, and an individual that's coming out of the building gets shot. Uh-huh. And Bond realizes he's like, well, I wasn't his target. His target was that guy. 
But if I had been his target, uh, dead. I would have just been playing dead. Yep. Yeah, it would, it kind of scares Bond a little bit because he was just like he he had no idea there was this like he knew the threat was there but he didn't know the threat was literally right. there yeah. like at the same place as him, and you know that's kind of fun to watch Bond like be completely out of his element to like you know not not really know what's going to happen you know like there is a lot of fun moments in this, um, but at the same time it still has a lot of that forgettability <laughs> like yeah, yeah a lot of it just. I think that a lot, a lot of that of the is because chasing of the location, down of the, the the location hopping. Yeah, like you said I think that's a lot of the reason why uh, it's hard to remember everything that goes on in this movie. But I feel like the it didn't it definitely didn't need to be as long as it was because what they did with the plot was uh, just to get them and the, these two people in the same room so they could battle off. Right, so you can have a duel. Yeah, yeah, and and a lot of the a lot of that first act is just Bond doing detective work. It's just him hunting down right. where the golden bullet that was sent to MI six came from, so that he could trace that back to its roots and hopefully in, in turn find the Solex. And so, like, it's him going to like one place after another to be like, "Where's Scaramanga? Where is he? Who who does he work for? Who does he take jobs from? Blah blah blah." You know, and he's just like scaring these people down. Yeah. And it's just it. Most of that first act is just super fucking boring. But then, oh, there is Scaramanga comes back in. There is that one scene with one of the Bond girls. Because what else are you supposed to call? Uh, but it was uh, she. She worked <laughs> with. She was Scaramanga's lover. I don't remember who this character's name was. Right, but um, Andrea Anders. Thank you. Played by Maude Adams. Yeah. Uh, he just, like, straight up beats this woman and, like, pins her down, about yeah. breaks her arm. Uh, and, you know, like, you know, he's, he's a secret spy, got agency from the government, whatever bullshit. And, you know, maybe my uh, my ideals are old-fashioned, but goddamn, dude. <laughs> like, Yeah, for real. <laughs> I mean, it, it's also made worse because he immediately romances her afterwards. Yeah. And because of romancing her, she turns on Scaramanga. Yeah. You know, she's like, all right, if you can help me kill this man, you know, that's, you know, then then that'll set me free. And that's that's a lot of her stories because she's she doesn't have much choices underneath him either. She's stuck under Scaramanga's wing just as much as she's going to be stuck this under Bond. Yeah. Like, like it, it's it, she's a... a very sad character throughout this whole movie uh -huh. um, because of that. Uh, and once she turns on Bond, you know, uh, once Scaramanga makes himself known to Bond by shooting that guy outside the club, you know, they go, I remember they go to a, uh, a Muay Thai boxing match, uh, Bond and Andrea do. Um, Bond is supposed to meet her there to pass off the Solex or to get the Solex, I think, because yeah. she was supposed to steal the Solex um because she slept with bond and said she would help him do that and uh, and uh while they're at that boxing match you know bond shows up sits next to her and finds out she's just been killed she's just dead <laughs> and she's dead yeah. because nick knacks behind her and nick knack killed her and while bond once bond realizes this he gets ready to leave but lo and behold there is uh, scaramanga i do think sitting next to him he's just like i do think that Scaramanga killed her because he says he might have he like, says he says to Bond it was an incredibly difficult shot 
And, yeah. and I think that the fact was like he had to shoot her in a way that she didn't move and or fall over and oh, that makes sense. people. Or kill the right. person behind them. Yeah. Even. <laughs> well the person behind yeah, the person behind him is just knickknack. <laughs> That's true. That's true. He and he might be yeah, a little bit easier knick-knack. to avoid. Right. <laughs> and that's that's like Bond's predicament too, is he literally just walked into this trap. He's not surrounded uh he's got a guy on behind him and a guy uh uh beside him. Right. Both of them armed, and he can't do much. So he you know, he subtly sneaks the uh, the Solex out of there, which is a little ridiculous, but like Yeah. Hey, it was a boxing match going on, you know. Chris Freely can't have his eyes on the prize at all times. Yeah. And even before that too, uh, Bond when Bond wears the, the, I think I think Bond wearing the nipple happens before that. I'm getting out of order with the. Oh yeah, this is the, so the synopsis. Way yeah, this is before he even met yeah. Scaramanga. Because yeah, because he he's of the impression that nobody knows because Scaramanga is you know he gets hired through word of mouth kind of thing. So like you know maybe the guy who hired Scaramanga doesn't know who Scaramanga right. uh, what he looks like. So he he goes there dressed up, you know, uh, with the third nipple and everything to pull off that. He's like, I'm Scaramanga. Yeah. But he doesn't realize that Scaramanga is actually at that place, that dude's yeah. house. Yeah. And he's like, uh-oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> it seems like Bond is trying to come into my territory here. And but all- that's when Scaramanga <laughs> takes control of the Solex because he, he kills the guy and is like, this is my empire now. I have the Solex agitator. Blah, oh, that's blah, blah, right. the power yeah. of the sun. Yeah. Wah, ha, ha, ha. Evil bad guy. Man, I guess I forgot, like, just a whole, whole bunch of this movie. I will tell you that. A lot of it just blurs together, honestly. Yeah. Like, I, I, I struggle hard uh, with remembering what goes on. But the, the, the problem is, I remember now, though, at the boxing match, when they get the Solex, they pass it off to another uh, unfortunate Bond girl. Uh, named Miss Goodnight, uh, Mary Goodnight. She's a British agent, I believe, in this. Uh, I think she's an MI6 agent. And she's supposed to be his assistant, but she is literally just dumb blonde. That's the only kind of character they gave yeah. her was dumb blonde. Even though she's got the prize, even though she has the Solix Agitator in hand, she uh, goes to tr- like put a tracking device on Scaramanga's car for some reason. I don't yeah, know why. Yeah, something. But she does. Something stupid. And while she's trying to plant this device, Scaramanga just comes up behind her and shoves her into the trunk. And he's like, well, we got the Solex again. Yeah. <laughs> he just gets back in the car. <laughs> like, it's like, and then, and then and they, like, with this weird helicopter crane thing, carry the car away. And then they have to, like, mm-hmm. try chase down this helicopter with the car in it to save... This woman, and when they get there, she's in a bikini. <laughs> yeah, she's just chilling. She's just it's having a so good time. Weird. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, Christopher Lee explains it. He's just like, you know, because because when they get there, uh, Mary Goodnight, who's played by Britt Eklund, by the way, uh, she she walks on on screen, and she's just in a bikini. 
She's just been relaxing, you know, sun tanning. And Bond's like, wow, it looks like you've been having a good time there, Miss Goodnight. You know? and, <laughs> yeah. and Christopher Lee's like, well, what else was she supposed to do? She's being held captive here. She can roam freely as she wants. But, like, yeah. you got to enjoy the sun. Am I right? Like, <laughs> come on, Bond, you stickler. <laughs> it's like, like like you wouldn't have slept with, he like, five of the like, women here while you're under. <laughs> like the most easygoing villain that we've encountered so far. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he's just chilling. He doesn't care. Yeah, I, he relaxed. like honestly like I don't like that. Uh, yeah, but like it makes the fact that he's a psychopath or a sociopath like very. It's a different lens to it, but like he's like, yeah, just yeah. chill, man. It's, everything's fine. Yes, I kill people for a living. It whatever. <laughs> so do you? So do you? <laughs> it's we we're the same. Bob. He even brings that up too. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he even brings it up because he's just like, why are you, why are you hating me? Why, why do you, what do you have against me? It's like, what you do for your government is literally what I do for money. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. it's one and the same. And, and I'm and sure like, the no, government there's compensates in my killing. Uh huh. Yeah, he also like steals a whole bunch of shit. Like Bond, Bond yeah. <laughs> does not get all of his money from the government. That guy is rich. He they they show it. <laughs> Like okay, yeah. also like he does. I think he is very good at the casinos. Gambling. I think he knows how to and play. He spends those all games. of his money on gambling. Yeah. Was there a casino <laughs> bit in this one? I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't remember one at least. But uh, that big chase scene though, when when uh, Miss Goodnight is stuck in the trunk and or, or the boot, as the, the boot, Brits call yes. it, the boot. I'm in a boot. <laughs> I'm in a because she calls him up. She calls Bond up, and she Bond's like, uh, "Mary, where are you at, Miss Goodnight? What, what's going on?" She's just like, "I'm in a boot. I'm trapped in a boot." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, "Oh, that's adorable. I love it." Yeah, but yeah, with the, during that chase scene, though, that's when you get uh, Sheriff J W yeah. Pepper. You know, he's on vacation and. And Bond steals a car that a wild chase scene. Yeah, yeah. J.W. Pepper's just sitting in a car in a rental. Like, I like this. It's roomy. It, it, it's not too bad. You know, I could, I could, I could rent this car. And then Bond hops in. He's just like, I'm uh, confiscating this vehicle. <laughs> he just sets <laughs> off. And he says, "Wait a minute, boy! Aren't you that <laughs> oh secret God. agent boy from England, boy?" boy? Boy, yeah, he looks that boy. Boy, he's like a fucking loony bird I, or something. He is. He is boy. funnier in the chase scene. He he appears before the chase scene. Like they set him up. I don't remember exactly what he's doing, but he's being really loud and obnoxious and very annoying. And I was like, oh my god, they brought him back. Like hopefully it's just a yeah. bit part. But then he gets stuck in the car with Bond during the chase scene. And and Roger Moore plays off him a little better. And it's a little more fun. comedic effect with in in the in the chase yeah. scene because Roger Moore is doing a good job at just being like this guy's really annoying the fuck out of me, but like I got a job to do. This is a much funnier yeah. Bond. This whole movie is like trying to go for a more comedic James Bond. Yeah, even the last movie. And I don't I don't really know if Roger Moore's pulling it off for me. No, not yet. But it's only been That's two fair. movies, and let's think. To the future of how we felt in the theaters watching the Daniel Craig movies, we did not like the first time around. Anyways, Casino Royale. I, and I really like Casino Royale. 
And okay, a lot of other I people didn't. did too. First time around, I didn't. Quantum like of Solace is just trash. <laughs> but Quantum of Solace is trash. Okay, Casino Royale is pretty good movie. So you guys can see that, like, we have some dedication. Yeah, we're to trying get to the end of this because there are some <laughs> <good> movies. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is somebody's favorite movie, and um, you know what? I will say, going into my closing statement, I give it a full face. <laughs> yeah, they they made a movie. You did it. <laughs> um, it is it. I did enjoy watching it. I did, and I enjoyed Christopher Lee's performance. I enjoyed the whole the whole villain team. I obviously did not quite care about their end of the world plot. I thought the idea of him wanting to face off with Bond right. was a much, just a fun storyline. The- yeah. Like they could have just went with that. Um, you know, the Bond girls are just as bad as ever. Um, and there is some racism in this film. So, you know, it, yeah. but it is there's very also, I, like, I feel like there's also some, uh, so I'll give it that like stereotype, uh, whatever, like, you know, not racism, but that negativity directed towards little people as well. I feel like Nick Nag gets a lot of bit of that too. Uh, uh yeah. but at the same time, but I really like yeah, Nick that's Nick. A, yeah. He's he also gets to be the uh, the post credits villain. You know, I don't know what else to call them. You know, once the the falling action villain. Yeah. yeah. Bond Bond's about to sleep with the lady, and then you know the villain has to show up. Now gets to be Nick Nack, and he has a, he has a goofy time. It's really weird. But I don't know. For the most part, this one's just as forgettable as the last one. Uh, critics of the time called it the, the a new low. For Bond, like they, a lot of them were just like, yeah, they were just like, you guys have run out really? of ideas, just stop it. Like the franchise is dried up. Like there's, that's what a lot of the reviews I saw were just like, yo, this is getting old. We're tired of it. Don't do more. Like it's, it's just let it be. Uh, but they didn't let it be. They came back for, <laughs> for five more Roger Moore films. <laughs> but I, I only, it, it is better than the last one. I like, as you said, I like the villains. And you know it's it's a little more comedic, but the the Bond girls just they had nothing. They didn't get to do anything. And and Miss Goodnight is literally yeah. just like probably one of the dumbest characters I've seen in the franchise so far. Like she literally is just like like how did she get to be a part yeah, of my for real for fucking real. Like, and, and Bond just kind of making fun of her the whole time too. They also did the thing again where they had. Two similar looking women be the, yeah. the two interests. Uh, like right. I got yeah, I, I, all the time. Old movies yeah. do that to me for some reason. Like it increases <laughs> face blindness. <laughs> I agree, though. They do have they do have similaring uh, effects. Uh, if if they hadn't been showing Mary Goodnight throughout the the boxing match, I would have probably thought that she was the one who has been shot. You know, it's it's still fine. I I I don't like this movie, just like the last one, but it is funnier, and I do like the villains. So I will give it a half a star more. It's two and a half, two and a half stars. But that's where I'll stand. Not bad. Just fine. Not great. So we did it. We did another round of James Bond, and we'll just keep on coming with that more, <laughs> and more, and hopefully more, we'll more. Get- 
uh, you know, we'll I see what you out did some there. gold. More, more. <laughs> more, more. We're getting more, more. F- yeah, I did that on Five purpose. more, 100%. mores. And then we'll get to Halloween. Five more, and more. we'll have a real good time. Maybe we'll have a good time next with the next film. I don't know. What is the next one? It's, uh, let me pull it up here. The Spy Who Loved Me. The Spry, uh, if you want, indeed. This oh, was, okay. by the way, the last film directed by Guy Hamilton. So maybe that will be a turnaround. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe now that Guy Hamilton's not the director, maybe it'll be a little more liveliness or something, you know, brought into these. <gasps> Who knows? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> and with that, I think that's our indeed. Show. I'm the Green Traveler from Gorsh, and I am the Faceless Leon. Safe travels. Should I change it to good riddance? Was that fun? No. That, no, you don't. No. Okay. Don't do that to them. Safe travels and good night. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of Fiction Works 19. Are you a fan of the show? Feel free to contact us at greenandfacelessfans at gmail.com or visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. Don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe, or rate us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening.